Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you once again for joining us on Talking Fight for another episode featuring Christian from the Friday Night Panel, who's going to talk to us about the Olympics, and in particular, boxing at the Olympics. What have you found out today, Christian? Uh, well, other than you and I have the same stylist, it turns out, the red and white look today. Or I'm wondering if you just threw that on for uh, for Carl and Big T. I'm not sure. Are you pandering? <laughs> Is that what that shirt is? Are we pandering now? It has more. Uh, it, anyway, go ahead. Sorry? Go ahead. I was going to say it has more to do with that. Never mind. <laughs> well, I mean, at least you come by it honestly. At least you come by the shirt honestly. Uh, I, I wish I had good news for you today, Graham. Uh, today's a bit of a doom and gloom kind of day, though, in the headlines. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean. One of the big headlines, every, if you just try to Google Olympic boxing right now, all you'll do is you'll just get bombarded with stories about the fact that Clarissa Shields has decided that she's going to go try her hand at MMA for a bit. Doesn't right. have a whole lot to do with boxing and more to do with uh, a paycheck because she's more likely to make more money on that side of things, unfortunately. Takes her away from, takes a talented boxer away from us. But outside of that, there are some updates on a couple of stories that I promised that I would bring you updates on as we kept uh, moving along. And unfortunately, our friends in India have been hit yet again. Uh, this seemingly never-ending uh, string of woes for this Olympic team. So in a blow to India's women's boxers' preparedness for the Tokyo Olympics, their scheduled training competition trip to Serbia was called off yesterday evening when as many as 21 female fighters and coaching staff members, including high performance director Rafael Bergmascaro, real Indian name there, Bergmascaro, there it is, Bergmascaro, Rafael Bergmascaro, uh, and the chief national coach Ali Kamar tested positive for COVID-19 infection and were subsequently shifted into a quarantine zone. So a 10 member women's boxing contingent, uh, that's excluding Tokyo games, uh, uh, ticket holder, MC, Col MC Mary Colm was planned to fly to Serbia today for an Olympic exposure trip, but that has now been canceled after so many positive cases at the national camp for elite women fighters. Now this obviously is mirroring what we were talking about uh, last week. We had hit the men's side of the camp, uh, the training camp as well. Uh, the traveling party consisted did consist of uh, four other Olympic bound boxers, Simranjit Kaur in the 60 kilogram category, Lavlina Bogoran in the 69 kilogram category, Pooja Rani in the 75 kilogram category, among others. So earlier there were talks about sending them as well to an invitational tournament in Prague in the Czech Republic, but that trip was also called off as a result of this. In the latest development, the Sports Authority of India uh, yesterday evening informed that there were precautionary tests conducted at the Indira Gandhi International Facility and 21 national campers, including players and coaches and coaching staff, were found to be COVID infected. In fact, the entire assistant coaching staff has tested positive now for COVID. However, on a, I guess, I don't know if you could call this a positive note, but on a slightly positive note, none of the infected boxers at this point in time are the Olympic bound boxers. Those are currently holding a, a ticket to uh, Japan so far. So for those who have tested negative, they've been removed from the uh, facility where they were training and are currently being quarantined on their own at the uh, JL Nehru Stadium in New Delhi. So a Sports Authority of India statement read, that uh, sparring sessions and contact training have also been stopped for now. So, well, it's good news that, you know, the actual fighters who are holding Olympic tickets so far 
have not contracted the uh, the virus itself, it does greatly hamper their ability to prepare. Not just because this trip from Serbia has been canceled on them, but also you know they've just they've just taken sparring away from those even those athletes who have tested negative. They've taken sparring uh, training away from these people, so now they're down to pad work and you know training on the streets like everyone else is right now, which you know isn't going to do them any favors as they're in the actual run up to the games themselves. So now that the men's side has already caught it. Now the women's side has it, so hopefully, you know, this is them getting this all out of the way nice and early, and then we see a nice healthy contingent heading into Tokyo, but I can't help but feel that a lot of this is coming from things like the like the decision to re-implement group dining at the training camps between uh, different factions and different bubbles. So it's kind of, again, sad but predictable, and I've said that before. These results are sad but predictable, and... All the best to everyone who is infected. Hopefully everybody stays asymptomatic at least, which I believe is the case at this point in time for the affected women boxers. So nobody has been hospitalized as of yet. But uh, fingers crossed, we wish everyone a speedy recovery. But moving on in our doom and gloom parade for the day, Graham. Uh, yeah, again, two officials in Japan's ruling LDB party today said changes could be coming to the Tokyo Olympics. One of them suggested that the Olympics themselves could still be canceled. And the other said that even if they do proceed, it may be without any fans whatsoever. So Toshihiro Nikai, the number two and secretary general of the ruling Liberal Democratic Party, mentioned that the cancellation, uh, sorry, mentioned the possibility of the cancellation only a day after Tokyo reached the 100 day to go mark uh, yesterday. He made his comments on a uh, TV show recorded by Japan's TBS TV. Uh, so Nikai said, if it seems impossible to go on with the games, they must definitely be canceled. If there is a surge in infections because of the Olympics, there will be no meaning to having the Olympics. Asked if a cancellation was still an option, uh, Nikai said, of course. But he did add, it's important for Japan to have a successful Olympics. It's a big opportunity, and I want to make it a success. We will have many issues and resolve to to resolve and prepare, but it's important to take care of each one of them one by one. Uh, Prime Minister Toshihida Suga said in a statement that there was no change to the government position to do everything to achieve a safe and secure Olympics. That's at this time, of course. Tokyo organizers have said that they, the IOC, and the International Paralympic Committee are still fully focused on hosting the Games this summer. They said Suga has repeatedly expressed uh, the government's commitment to holding the Olympics. Now, this is in the phase of COVID-19 cases have been rising in Japan just on Thursday, which is today. But obviously, you know, we're 12 or so hours behind at the moment. Japan's second largest metropolitan area of Osaka recorded a little over 1,200 new cases. And this is the third straight day in a row where their cases have surpassed 1,000. Tokyo itself hit another 729 cases, its highest total in more than two months. And Japan has so far attributed about 9,500 deaths to COVID-19. Now, this is good, of course, by world standards, but poor uh, by results in, in Asia and neighboring communities. Tokyo and Osaka have been under high alert status since I believe it was the 3rd of April. But officials are concerned that there's little sense of urgency. Experts on the Tokyo Metropolitan Government Task Force have warned that a new variant could replace the conventional virus and trigger explosive infections by early May. Tokyo Governor Yuriko Koike 
urged residents to take maximum protection and precaution and asked for non-Tokyo residents not to visit the city. Terracono, the government minister in charge of Japan's vaccine rollout, said that even if the Olympics go on, there may be no fans of any kind in the venues. He said that it's likely that the Olympics will have to be held in empty venues, particularly as cases surge across the country. Now that is gonna mean only television cameras and still cameras. Uh, we'll, uh, that's gonna be the only thing around to record the action. So we might see a bit of a hit in the broadcast quality that we're used to at these tournaments as well. Um, that will, of course, be joined by some reporters, judges, and match officials, but that's going to be about it. The delayed Tokyo Olympics are, as we all know, are set to begin uh, July 23rd, and the Paralympics are going to follow on the 24th of August. Fans from abroad, as we know and as we've reported here before, have already been uh, barred from, from attending the Games. Now even Japanese spectators could be kept away. So Kono said earlier today in a tele, on a television talk show, I think the question is how to do the Olympics in a way that is possible in this situation. And that may mean that there will probably be no spectators. Now Kono did not suggest that the Olympics would not go ahead, but said that they could be held under, could only be held under quote unquote certain conditions. Saying that the way that these Olympics will be held will be very different to ones that we have seen in the past. Tokyo organizers have said that they expect to make an, to announce a decision on this uh, later on this month as to uh, how many fans are going to be allowed at each individual venue. So once again, Graham, we find ourselves in the position where the existence of the games themselves have been called into question uh, at top levels of the Japanese government. So again, all doom and gloom on us today, buddy. We're, uh, we're hoping, obviously, that the games are going to go ahead. And even without spectators, it's still important to maintain that tradition. It's important for the exposure for our athletes. Um, and actually, you know, and as I'm saying this, uh, Carl from our, uh, from our friends over at Last Bell Boxing Chat is saying that it begs the question, should it go ahead without fans? And I would argue that absolutely, yes, it should go ahead without fans. Uh, because we're still watching. We're still fans. We're still here. We're still watching from home. You know, the vast majority of people who do view the Olympics don't have the, you know, the coin or the time to actually travel to Japan, even in a normal uh, setting, to travel to Japan to, you know, the hotel stay, the airfare, the tickets themselves, and, you know, sustaining yourself over a couple of weeks. So most of us, we're going to watch it from home anyway. We are going to see broadcast values drop as we have less broadcast staff. Uh, so you may not get all the same camera angles and all the same replays in the same time that you might be used to. But I, I think it's a, I think a lot of us are going to be watching from home anyway. And I think the exposure is still just so important for, the, for our athletes, uh, amateur athletes who maybe one day they're hoping to go pro or maybe they're just looking for that Olympic gold. All these athletes are on a, are on a clock. This only happens every four years. And most, most athletes are only going to get two, maybe three Olympics at the top of their game. So missing even a single uh canceling even a single olympics can make a huge huge impact on the uh, career of an athlete especially those athletes who are coming from less developed uh parts of the world where this is going to be their major chance to be put into a spotlight my two cents on that took the words out of my mouth um i mean the only reason we're here is because of covid uh quite frankly and we're broadcasting around the world and we've got fans around the world. So I'm sure Olympic athletes feel the same way. I'm sure they're not doing it for the 
few thousand people in the stadiums, but in fact, yeah, depends how you look at it. But uh, realistically, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of professional teams playing without fans in the stadiums uh, across North America. Uh, and of course, if Tokyo does back out, there's always Orlando. I mean, they have said they'll gladly take these games. I think we uh, might be a little close, uh, and there's a few too many moving parts at this point in time, even just to consider the visa applications for athletes <laughs> coming from around the world getting into the U.S., let alone the fact that Florida itself is just a Petri dish for COVID at the moment. So I don't see them taking up uh, Orlando's offer on that one, but, you know. No, I know, I know. Stranger things have happened. You know, you know, will will be interesting when it comes to. I don't think there's going to be any fans there, but I wonder if they're going to pipe in fan noise like they do. At the I current, was actually uh, just about to ask you that question. I was about <laughs> to ask you that exact same question. And do you think they're going to pump in the the fan noise? Because I, I was watching. What was I watching the other day? Something. I, I think it was it was a it was a Champions League match at, at the time. And oh yeah, you hear the crowd going wild, and you don't think anything of it. You're just watching, going yeah yeah yeah. Wait a second. You start looking. It's completely empty uh, stadium. We've seen the same thing in NHL games: fans losing their minds. Only there, there's nobody there. Right. right. Now I'm wondering: do they are they doing that though, just for our benefit, viewing from home, or are they is that going over the loudspeakers in the actual arenas and stadiums, huh. like on the ice, on the pitch? Are the yeah. actual athletes hearing this? Is why well, I'm just popped into my head now. This question: Are they hearing that, or is that just in post production? Is that just coming to us? via tv magic you know what as as mike and i often discuss uh one of the good things about not having fans at a boxing match right now is you can actually hear the smack of leather you can hear the coaches yelling and screaming and that's kind of fun for a fan uh to listen to that kind of stuff not just the excitement it is. sometimes you'd hope that the you sometimes you'd hope the coach's instruction to be better than punch harder and things <laughs> but you do you, you hear that when we have been hearing that in some of these matches that we've been watching you know just you you would expect more, you know, watch for the left hook, or you're you know you're dropping your no, just punch harder, punch more. <laughs> you're here. You know. Only for fans. Oh. oh, there we go. So uh, our friends in the UK have just popped in, and Premier League they are not pumping that into the stadiums, only on the TVs. So uh, quiet for the athletes themselves. I'm not sure what they're going to be doing come the actual Olympics. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But you know what? If you're watching the Olympics days gone by uh, on TV, for example, uh, and if you, let's say you're watching track and field, there are so many different events going on simultaneously within that stadium. It's not like all 60,000 or 100,000 fans are screaming for that one pole vaulter. There's, they're, they're watching separate events as they occur on the field. So. Well, the track events are a bit of a different, a bit of a different uh, animal for that exact reason. You know, you've got that big stadium. You've got the, obviously the track going around the stadium and then you have all these events happening in the in the middle of that where you yeah you might have uh, pole vaulting over on this side going on the same time as standing long jump on this side or something like that and it really depends on where your seats are in the stadium which events you actually get to get a good view of but I mean, something like the boxing events they're not running four or five rings in one giant uh in one giant auditorium where you know which which fight am i going to watch at any given point in time so it's a little bit different on, on our side of things they might uh, and it also, uh, I wonder about, you know, swimmers. Swimmers don't compete because of the fan noise. Uh, divers don't compete because of the fan noise. As a matter of fact, the stadium's pretty quiet when there's uh, diving going on, just for example. So, you know. Oh, yeah. No, you you get really, thrown out of, you'll get thrown out of Wimbledon for talking. Correct. So, um, 
you know, did you really need the fans? Uh, yes and no. Now I would answer. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> yes and no. So anyway, uh, but you know what? They, uh, the Japanese Olympic uh, body were bragging, quite frankly, prior to all this, that they had sold the majority of their sponsorship rights to Japanese companies, and they were the highest grossing uh, internal uh, sponsorship sale ever for the Olympic events. So, you know, they've already sold the broadcast rights. They've already made their money. Uh, so the Japanese people kind of don't really need fans as in terms of generating money. Well, that's good because they're not getting them from overseas. They've already decided that. It's just going to be a matter of on the domestic level how many of those tickets were snapped up in the uh, domestic sales. And then once again, they're going to have to refund all that money as well. And then it's going to bring them into the same thing that's going on with everyone else in the world going, well, are we also going to get our service fees refunded or is this just going to be a matter of here's face value on your ticket? True. True. Yep. All right. The debate rages. It's well, good to hear that about they... to, another debate's about to start here because Carl there says uh, over in Britain says <laughs> yes. that boxing matches and crowd noise is much louder in the UK than the US, according to fighters, he says. So he says British boxing fans are rowdier than American boxing fans. Now, having it... been to sporting events, having been to sporting events in both countries, both of us have together, we've been to sporting events in both countries. Um, soccer or football, again, depending on your uh, on your preferred flavor. We've been to matches here in Toronto as well as in uh, Scotland, you and I together. I think you've been to more than I have over there. And it doesn't really surprise me because I've seen how much the Brits are drinking before going into these, uh, before they enter these stadiums. But, and, but walking, you see, it's a, di it's a different atmosphere because from what I've seen of sporting events in the UK versus here is here, you show up, you go, you get a couple of pints, you go sit in your seat and you drink your pints, you're out, you go get a couple more and then they cut you off partway through. Whereas events that we've been into in the UK, everyone goes out before the event, pre-games pretty hard. And then in events that we've been to, dry events, dry, and then all of a sudden it's dry. So everyone's already had a few by the time they get to the stadium, I think is the big difference. And that might have something to do with the, uh, the volume. And yes, of course, I, I will admit, Carl, that not everyone in the UK is an alcoholic. He wanted he he, he wanted me to mention that. Yes, so, and so you should. <laughs> All right. And before and after, he says, and that's why they're not serving you drinks during the matches. Yes. Yes. Uh, when I when I was at the uh, football games in the UK, you had to drink underneath uh, the stadium. You weren't allowed to drink in the stands. Tea. <laughs> Right on. Okay, thanks very much, Christian. Appreciate that uh, very comprehensive update on the Olympics, both from India and Japan. And thanks very much for the fans out there interacting with us. Fantastic. Uh, again, you guys are all always welcome to join us on this uh, stream. So, uh, what it was today's Thursday. So tomorrow, uh, being uh, Friday, we'll we'll see you twice, not only for the uh, Olympic but also the uh, Friday night panel. Having sounds good. And I will continue to bring you guys updates, even if it is just doom and gloom. Hopefully we'll have some more uh, some more fun stories, some something up lighthearted and uplifting coming soon. Assuming we get to go to the assuming we get the games. Correct, and we will. I'm positive. Five twenty. Oh, you're starting late over there. You're fine, right, Carlos. The, the sun's past the yard arm. You're fine. Have it. Have a pint. <laughs> we'll allow it. All right. Thanks, Christian. Bye, Carl. Bye, BT.